Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Stand to your feet. Do me a favor. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. And as I was sharing earlier, we get together with the pastoral staff every Tuesday and Friday and we just pray together as a team over you, over the church. And so we just, we start our day off, we get in the sanctuary, and we just spend time before God on your behalf for the needs that you have and the things that you're going through, for the covering of your families and believing God over our church. And as I was praying a couple weeks back, God, God just placed a word in me, and that word was now. Everyone say now. now. It just, that word just began to resonate in my spirit. And I wanted to preach this when I was in in, uh, Stockton a couple Sundays back uh, at the Stockton Dream Center. But as Pastor Matt said, the word just wasn't marinated long enough. Have you ever had a piece of meat that wasn't marinated long enough? You know, you you get a a glimpse of the flavor, but it hasn't really gotten all the way down in in the meat. And uh, Pastor Matt says, you know, you never fry up any meat until it's marinated long enough. He loves barbecue. And... uh, so we, we let this one marinate a little longer, and I, I hope you can taste it all the way through. Somebody say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 5, if you're there, say amen. amen. Start, this is Jesus' first official sermon that he ever preaches. And in that, I want you to notice a, a key. There is a very powerful principle that is in this word. And I, I'm not going to be long this morning because I want to pray. I want to take some time before God. And I know already we're not going to get through the message I have planned. But I want you to notice this. In verse 6, it says this. Blessed are those. Someone say blessed. blessed. How many blessed folks are in the house right now? Oh, come on, CWC. How many blessed folks are in the house right now? Slap your neighbor, tell him I'm blessed. (laughs) Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will leave hungry. They will be halfway filled. They will be starving when they leave. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Look what it says in the message version. You're blessed when you're, you've worked up a good appetite. Someone say appetite. For God. He is the food and drink and the best meal that you will ever eat. Look at your neighbor. Tell him I'm hungry. I didn't say hungry. I said hungry. See, hungry is, uh, you know, I can eat. But when I'm hungry... When you're hungry, hungry means that you got, there's, you know, I, I could throw down about now. How many are you hungry for God? Come on, pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you to understand. Everyone say hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Today, I need you to understand that you are filled with the very thing that you've developed an appetite for. That there's a principle in the Word of God that Jesus is giving to us right now that whatever we've developed an appetite for is the thing that we're filled with. 
And so that could be hunger, righteousness, uh, for, for thirsting for righteousness, or it could be a thirsting for lust. Thirsting for money. Hungering for fame. Hungry and thirsting for, for, for uh, notoriety. Hungry and thirsty for, uh, for an addiction or for a drug. Hungry and thirsty for bitterness. You see, I want you to understand that whatever we develop an appetite for, whether it be anger, lust, bitterness, success, whether it be money, fame, self, whether it be men or women, whether it be possessions or acceptance, whether it be attention, or even if it's Jesus, whatever it is that we develop an appetite for is what we're filled with. Say it again, Pastor, because whatever you're hungry for is what you're going to fill your life with. Let me explain this on, on, on another dimension. See, what, what, for, for anyone that is dealing with lust, first time you see that woman walk by, she looked good. Then all of a sudden it starts feeding your lustful spirit that now it's not just the look, you start thinking about her. And then you start not only thinking about her, but then you start getting involved in pornography. And now still images no longer do it for you, so now you need movies. And then from the movies, all of a sudden, that doesn't do it for you, so now you're at the club, the strip club, and now you're watching these things, and now you know, it's not enough to, to watch them. Now you might be going after a prostitute because whatever you hunger and thirst for... Man, I got quiet up in here. So, dang, Pastor, did you follow me around this weekend? <laughs> All the guys looking straight. They're trying not to look around. Please don't look at me. Please don't look at me, Pastor. Please don't look. Generalities here, okay? Generalities. But I want you to understand that whatever we develop an appetite for, once you get it, you want more of it. Let me, let me break it down to something more church people can probably identify with. You know, for, for those of y'all that like sweets, Get a little sweet here. And when you're working out, you're trying to, you know, I got to watch just portion control. Then all of a sudden you get a little taste here and then you want a little more. And then before you, now I'm just going to take a corner of the cake. And then you take another corner of the cake. Then you take another slice of the cake. Then before you know it, you wake up. There's chocolate on your face. You're laid out. You got the fork in your hand. You've dusted the whole cake because you develop it and you just keep on eating and keep on eating. Whatever you hunger and thirst for is what you're going to end up being filled with. Come on, somebody. So my question to you, those of you bringing me stuff from specialties, my, all my workouts are doing nothing for me right now. You keep showing up with those little boxes, you're killing me. <laughs> and then when you don't bring them, I'm mad. <laughs> you didn't bring anything. How come you don't have anything in your hand? <laughs> my question to you this morning is this. What have you built an appetite for? What are you hungry for this morning, church? What are the things that you're desiring? You see, the thing, I'm, I am firmly convinced it's not that we don't love God. It's just that we've developed an appetite for something else. Let me try this side. You, you guys are acting like I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. This doesn't apply to you. I know this applies to you. Why? Because this is the very thing that God spoke to my heart. I don't preach, you know, hey, let me come up with a nice little theme for this week. Everything I give to you is from the very throne of God. Amen. 
We're not pulling stuff out of the air trying to figure out. you got pastors that seek the face of God, that take time before God to make sure that what we're giving you is coming from God's very heart down to your spirit to be able to help you to break free and to live at a higher level. And I want you to understand that sometimes we, it's not that we don't love God. We come to church. We love God. People love God. The problem is, is that we have an appetite for something other than God. And so we're filling ourselves with the junk food of the world. And then we come to church and there's a banqueting table that the chef God has put together. And you got prime rib, filet mignon. You got all these gourmet things there. But you can't enjoy the meal because you're filled with other crap. I don't care how good a cook is. When you get to anywhere and you're full... And while everyone else is oohing and aahing about it, oh, this is amazing, this is, gr- this is the best food I've ever had, you're sitting there just, is he done yet? And we got to go. When's this dude going to be done so we can get out of here? Why? Because the words that are being spoken aren't hitting your soul because of the fact you're full. You keep eating Doritos, hot Cheetos. Some of y'all getting hungry right now. (laughs) Running to 7-Eleven, getting one of those four-day-old hot dogs that is like beef jerky. (laughs) Then you come to church, and there is a banqueting table being laid out for you. And you're walking in and you start having the craving more for the junk food of the world than the word of God that God is trying to give to you because you can't get home until you can't wait to sit down and start watching the crap on TV. And you wonder why the 20 minutes you spend in church paying attention isn't transforming your life when you're at home. As soon as you walk out of here, you get in the car. And the first thing you put on is Jay-Z when you get in the car. First thing you put on is that gangster rap, and you got every other word is an F-bomb. Every other word is calling a woman a B, and you're wondering why the Word of God isn't coming alive in your life. Because you're filling yourself up with the crap of the world. That you're not hungry and you're sitting there chewing on all this little, the garbage of the world instead of sitting down at the banqueting table of the Father. Let, let, me, let, me, let me get personal with some of y'all, right? This is why we didn't get anywhere in the first service. The, this is going to mess with some religious folks right now, okay? So if you're religious, this is all up in your grill. Many people will get into the Word. But the word without the presence kills. Say it again, Pastor. The word without the presence kills. The promises without the presence of God kills. See, the letter, the Bible says that the letter of the law kills. 
The Pharisees knew the Word of God. The Pharisees knew what the Word of God had to offer and all the standards and the things that were supposed to come about. They knew about the Messiah, but when the presence of God stood in front of them, they missed that the presence of God was right there in the form of Jesus. And when we come into church and we just go through the motion and worship goes on and your hand never goes up, you never sing a song, not from your mouth, but from your heart. You are low operating on promises without the presence. Oh, good Lord, I'm going to give myself a stroke. Because what we're doing is then we come in and we hear one of the words that are out there and we try to activate a promise when you've never been in the presence. You can't claim the promise when you don't bring about the presence. The presence of God is the atmosphere by which the seed of the word of God grows. You could have some seeds, corn seeds or, or, or tomato seeds and everything. As long as they're in that little envelope. Here's your envelope. Over 2,000 promises in the Word of God. This is your envelope. And every one of these promises is waiting for the environment for you to take it out, take the seed out and plant it in your heart. Because unless the seed is placed in the ground, unless it, the presence of God is there to germinate that seed, the seed is useless as long as it stays in the envelope. The promise has to come alive in our lives by the presence of God coming together with the promise. So what am I telling you today? What we've developed an appetite for, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to close in a moment. Stay with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 2 says this. For God says at just the right time. Someone say time. I heard you. See, I, you've been praying, God, would this promise come about in my life? God, when's breakthrough going to happen? When's this addiction going to leave? When's my marriage going to be restored? When are you going to break me out of my financial struggle? When's peace going to come to my heart? When am I going to be healed from this disease? God says, at just the right time, I heard you. Oh, someone, someone needs to grab that right now. You need to take that promise, plant it in the seedbed of your heart, and allow the presence of God to start letting that thing grow right now. Amen. At just the right time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, someone say salvation. salvation. Some of you just said that, and you didn't even give a, a, an ear to what you just said. Do you understand what the power of salvation entails? See, a, a, a religious folks look at salvation being getting to heaven. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got saved. That's not salvation. That's one part of salvation. See, I need you to understand that when I get saved, 
I, I, I received salvation. I received Christ in my life. But then I walk out my salvation through my daily life. And someday when Jesus comes back, I'm going to be saved when I'm caught up together with Him in the air. There's three different levels, three different components of that one word salvation. But in the process between the time I'm taken up and the time I get saved, there is a process by which salvation is activated in my life. I'm going to explain that in a moment, but first I want to get back here. So he says this, that I heard you. Someone say, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Progress. Progress. I heard you. Then I helped you. I can't help you until I heard you. You have not because you ask not. And you're waiting, God, why haven't you helped me? God's saying, I have to hear you before I can help you. you got to ask it before I can do it for you. Oh, somebody's got to grab a hold of this right now. You've got to ask me before I can hear you. You can't get it until you've asked it. I can't help you until I hear you. Many of us are dealing with issues in our families that you have no need to be dealing with. Some of you parents, the problem isn't yours, it's your kids. And you keep being God to your children. Instead of stopping and saying, God, would you take care of them? You keep bailing the kid out. The kid don't need God. He has you. Kid doesn't need God because you're his God. You're the one that keeps delivering them. You're the one that keeps saving them. What you need to do is start praying that God would hear and then God will be the one that helps. I helped you. And indeed, at the right time is, oh, come on. The right time is now. now. Everyone say now. now. Today is the day of salvation. Oh, come on. Come on. Let, let this sink. Let this sink in. Oh, come on. Somebody say now. now. Somebody say now. now. I want you to speak to your sickness and say now. now. I want you to speak to your marriage and say now. now. I want you to speak to your finances and say now. now. I want you to speak to your peace and say now. now. I want you to speak to your children and say now. 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 Today is the day of salvation. Now. And now is powerful. So I'm going somewhere with this. Hang with me. That word now is in reference to time. When I tell my kids, come here. That's a request until I put now on it. Now places a demand. Now puts a timeline on it. 
And many of us are praying and asking for things, not recognizing that God has said, when you add the now, the now brings me into the moment. The now recognizes who I am. The now brings and expedites your season. The now is the thing when you recognize that God is the God of the now. That word time in the Greek is kairos. Everyone say kairos. Kairos is powerful because kairos is a fixed time. Kairos is an opportunity. It's a challenge to be met. We look at all these problems. Have you noticed even this morning in journaling, when we're, for those of you that are doing the journaling, King Solomon takes over and God tells him, what do you want from me? And Solomon says, God, I want wisdom more than anything else. I want wisdom. Give me wisdom to lead. And the very first problem he has is two prostitutes with one live child. One claiming that it's his child, the other one claiming that it's hers. And King Solomon needs wisdom to deal with that situation. What am I telling you? That was a Kairos moment. He prayed for wisdom and what's God give him? A situation, he needs wisdom. You keep praying for God's breakthrough and God keeps giving you problems. And you're getting mad. God, why are all these problems coming? I keep giving you a Kairos moment. You're, you, you missed it. Because you think God's going to just give you the answer. God gave he gave Solomon opportunity to use wisdom. Solomon said, says, take, take the live child, cut him in half. Give half to one parent and half to the other. And the real mom said, no, 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 no. Let the child live while the fake mom said, yeah, go ahead. If I can't have him, she can't have him. Solomon said, give the child to the one that wants the child to live. That's the real mother. Wisdom. You're praying, you're believing for God for something in the now. And God keeps bringing problems. Kairos is a challenge to be met. It's an opportunity where heaven invades earth. You see, when God created the heavens and the earth, he created time. Let there be light. Immediately time came into existence. God's an eternal God. But God created time, but he's not relegated to it. God doesn't operate according to seconds, minutes, hours. He doesn't operate according to days, weeks, and months. God doesn't move. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, For a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day unto God. God doesn't work according to our timetable. But when a Kairos moment happens, God steps into linear time and says, This is your moment. Let me try this side. This is your moment. Yeah. All this time you thought you were waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Somebody say now. now. Somebody say now. now. 
Now connects time. Now is your opportunity. Now is the moment. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for the now moment of your life. Now for what? What are you talking about, Pastor? Salvation. Check this out. That word salvation is soteria. Soteria in the Greek brings along the idea of deliverance, perseverance, and salvation. What, what, what are you talking about? It's not just being saved from something, but being saved for something. Amen. Say it again, Pastor. You got to grab a hold of this. Work with me, John. Don't put me to sleep. <laughs> I want you to grab this. Today is the day of salvation. Everyone say salvation. salvation. Folks, you're, you're getting deep word right now. Uh, you, I, don't, I don't know if you really understand the value of every word that's being thrown out to you right now. You're getting jewels, chunks of jewels being passed out. I, it, it, if I was handing out $100 bills, it wouldn't be worth what you're getting right now. 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 I need you to maximize this moment now. Right now, because some of you are like, you know what? We, we, we got to we, we gotta get to Red Robin. Chili's is going to be, we, we got to get, come on, Pastor, land the plane. I'm going to land the plane. Don't worry about that. But if your appetite is for the flesh, you can go grab something right now. But if your appetite is for the spirit right now, get ready to receive. Not just being saved from something. All we ever think of salvation is being saved from hell. Not going to hell. Don't want to go to hell. Let's stay away from hell. Oh God, I don't want to go to hell. Oh please, Father, forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Please, God, keep me away from hell. And all we focus in on is hell. And when we live our lives focused in on hell, we never turn around and realize heaven's in front of us. Fear may bring you to the cross, but only love will keep you there. Amen. Salvation restores. Salvation restores the image of God in you, Big. When I get saved, I get my image back. When I get sick, that, that's, listen, this is how I know for those folks that just go through the motions, just say a prayer because you're religious. I know when the prayer and the declaration is worked in your life, when your image changes. This guy's different. Dan, stand up. This guy's different different when he made a commitment to God something changed in his life it changed not only the way the things that he did but the way that he talked the way he carried himself because his commitment to God it transformed him when Sean now Sean probably still is crazy and as annoying as he was in the world is probably the same now but when you see this man he's transformed stand up Sean he's transformed 
is a change in him. What he has an appetite for is changed. There's a transformation. Stand up, Vicki. There's a transformation that happened inside you. No longer a need for alcohol in order for you to seek or, or to find peace. You're drinking from another well now. Transformation. There's a freedom. There's something that happens in a man that says, I'm free. I don't need the Charlie. You're a different man. You're almost there at 100%. Stand up because there is a change that is happening inside of you. You got saved. Didn't go to church. You got saved. Salvation showed up and you got your God image back again. I got it back. I know who I am now. I know who I look like now. Stop imitating the things of the world. Stop imitating Satan, the father of lies, and start recognizing that I was created in the image of God Almighty. Salvation. Oh, stay standing. Salvation originates in heaven not on earth you can't save yourself and salvation brings along not just restoring my God image it restores your purpose you have a purpose Danny Muscles you got a purpose man there's a purpose in you Eli there's a purpose that God has in you there's a foundation there. There's a purpose. And see, I want you to understand that, that God restores your purpose, your health, your wholeness, and your freshness. It can be translated as the word shalom. When the Jews meet one another, they say shalom when they greet health and prosperity. Health and peace over you. Salvation doesn't just get me to heaven. It brings peace to my mind, healing to my body, restoration of my relationships. Oh, come on, somebody. It blesses me in my possessions. Salvation just doesn't get my soul to heaven. It heals my body, restores my mind. It blesses everything I touch. I'm blessed when I hunger and I thirst after righteousness. Because then I will be filled. Come on, somebody give God praise right now. Come on, somebody say, today's my day. Today's my day. This is your now moment. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.